Good evening and welcome to another edition of Rev. My name is Lori Enright and we are so excited that you've joined us for the next 30 minutes. At any time, if you have any questions you'd like for us to answer, send us a quick email to rev, R-E-V, at eaglecountryonline.com. Special thanks to Mark Kreimer and our friends at Kreimer's Beer House for making the show possible. Visit the Beer House for lunch or dinner seven days a week on State Route 128 in Cleves. Lori, it is so good to be here and talk to everybody on Eagle Country. Do you know what today is? Sunday night, July the 8th. Hmm. Do you know what day this is? It's like I was almost a firecracker. Today was the day I was born. Today is your 30th today birthday. Today is my third, well, I can't lie, you know, <laughs> not intentionally. So I was born July the 8th, 1961. So 57 years old. Man. Well, happy birthday. Do, do I look 57? No. I'll be honest. Okay. All right. Thank you. That's very kind. I've Not lost some sweet. weight. That's why you said that. Anyway, yeah. Today's my birthday, and I'm taking my birthday time just to come and talk to you in Eagle Country about a subject that I'm a little burdened about as a pastor. But uh, the, before I jump into that, just let me say again, uh, whether it's your birthday or not, we're glad that you tune in. And uh, uh, July is here. It is hot. Oh, me. And we're just kind of moving through the year, moving through the summer, talking about all kinds of things that I think can help people's lives get better. We're sponsored this show by uh, Crimer's Beer House. I bet if I go over there after we're done... He'll give me a free meal. I'm, 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 I hope Mark's listening. Maybe he'll give me a, a, a complimentary meal. I, I can't say dessert. I, I don't eat those as much. What would your free meal be if you got to I'm pick? pretty big on the steak, you know. Steak? I'm pretty ribeye. St- oh yeah. Yeah. It's really good. Is that on your Is that on your healthy eating plan right now? Not so much. But uh, anyway. <laughs> but it is your birthday. It is my birthday. You know, <laughs> yeah. I should be able to splurge a little bit on yeah. my birthday. But anyway, hey, uh, I, I want to take my birthday night uh, to thank you for letting us come into your living room, your car radio, your deck, wherever you might be in Eagle Country uh, audience. And tonight I want to talk about a sensitive subject. It's actually the thing that Lori and I are doing right now, talking. I have been burdened lately by the language and the discourse that I hear by people, the words they use that are either helping or hurting. And I'll define that in a couple of ways before the show's over. Uh, but I hope that uh, my, my win, my goal tonight, is to get you to monitor the words you say and why you say them. Uh, uh, the Bible, again, that, uh, that's my guide. My bias is that the New Testament, uh, the Old Testament too, but the New Testament in particular, really gives us some good guidelines. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 says that, that there should be no corrupt word that comes out of our mouth, uh, but only what is necessary uh, for edification or encouragement that it may be a blessing of grace to people who are hearing. And when Paul wrote that, he was talking to a church that really had some speech problems. They were talking down to each other, talking at each other, talking bad about each other. So he kind of gives this biblical mandate, let your speech edify people, let it build people up. Um, And in the Old Testament, in the book of Proverbs, there's all kinds of verses that talk about 
uh, the, the right kind of speech that we are to have and how when you speak uh, well, it, it helps people and helps yourself. When you don't speak up and speak out appropriately, it hurts you. So, I mean, there's all kinds of ways that uh, people speak negatively. I don't know, Lori, have you ever had uh, – I've just spent some time listening to people these days. Have you ever had any occasion where somebody spoke to you in a way that wasn't very helpful at all? Maybe uh, somebody has gossiped about you before? That's uh, probably I, never happened. No, about me? <laughs> no, um – I, you know, and I, I'm not perfect, so I'm sure there's plenty of things I say that could have been said more nicely. But, um, yeah, I hear things out, you know, in the streets, literally, like, in the streets. And I'm like, how could somebody talk like that? Um, they do. You know, I always think people, Christians, get such a bad rep of being judgmental and hmm. harsh. Hmm. I can only speak from my own experience and faith journey. But, actually, the closer I grow to God, the more I am careful of what I say and how I say it. Um, my judgment of, of people has decreased. I'm more accepting, mm. more empathetic. Um, mm. That's think, a good insight. You know, there might be something I think in my mind, but I and then I catch it thinking, one, I shouldn't be thinking that, and two, I definitely shouldn't be saying it. Mm. Yeah, I know a lot of people say, well, Dave, I'm already thinking it. You know, <laughs> I'm already thinking it, so I might as well say it. Well, I don't know. Does it edify? Does it help? Uh, I have often regretted opening my mouth to talk. I've never regretted keeping it shut when I should have. Uh, and so that's why one of the verses in the Bible says, when words are many, sin is not absent. So this is like one of the greatest exercises and explanations uh, is, is this. The more you talk, the more you are apt to sin. That you can actually sin less by talking less. That's what he's saying. And I think it's pretty good. I'm a guy that likes to talk. I mean, I'm pretty much paid to speak. And you never get yourself in any trouble. Never do I open my mouth and get myself into trouble. Never put my foot in my mouth. No. I mean, I'm paid to talk. So it is really hard for me not to give my opinion, which is always right, of course. Uh, I'm sure you in Eagle Country, you think that too. But I, I, I'm paid to talk, and I love to talk, so it has been a real discipline for me to listen. But I've tried to listen more uh, as I get older. you got two ears, one mouth, which says you should listen twice as much as you talk. That's a great axiom. Uh, so I've been listening. I was playing golf the other day and uh, letting some guys play through. I saw them hit their tee shots, and I guess maybe because I'm a pastor and I work in the church most of the time, I am a little sheltered and naive uh, from language. I have never heard such foul language, coarse language. Now, they didn't know I was a preacher, and that's always funny to me if I'm golfing with somebody, which is my love and hobby, and I, uh, I don't really tell them I'm a preacher because they change their behavior. But sometimes the language gets pretty bad. So eventually I'll try to tell them. And, <laughs> and boy, it's really hard for them to change, you know. Uh, it's really hard, especially if they're beating me. This, that's when I'll tell them. And, man, I can really come back maybe because it messes <laughs> with their mind. Uh, and they concentrate more on the speech than the golf course and the swing. But I, I'm alarmed at um, 
the coarse language that I hear in our culture. Uh, I know some of us in Eagle Country, we we maybe just learn that it's like breathing to us to to uh, use profanity or use words that are uh, some biblical and some unbiblical. Uh, and uh, but I, I know there there are some folks who would benefit from some of this stuff that we're talking about tonight. So I would encourage you just to assess the number of words you speak, what kind of words you use as you talk to other people. This would apply to your family. I mean, think about how many families, how many relationships are destroyed, relationships are estranged because of the words they use. That Once they say them, they cannot be taken back. Mm-hmm. They hurt. They go deep. Um, and uh, think about the words that we use to hurt others or to help others. In a positive way, words can heal. I mean, uh, the Bible talks a lot about how a well-timed word is a blessing. It's a healing thing. There's life-giving power in words. Think about even the words we use to describe our self-talk, our self-talk. I mean, it's huge. They're doing some studies now, and I just read an article not long ago uh, uh, in the Wall Street Journal about how you can track someone's level of depression by the kinds of adjectives they use in their speech and how they talk to themselves. For instance, people say, you never, I always, it's never going to change. I'll always be this. It will. People are always, when people start to use always and never, and to describe their situation, their problems, the people in their life, they are expressing uh, some discouraging trends, and you should perk up when you hear that. They're describing a scarcity mindset and not an abundance mentality. And I, I have a long time ago figured out that I am my own worst critic, and i got to really monitor my own self-talk. A lot of us are have grown up trying to erase the tapes of words that were said to us by our parents that we replay over and over and over again uh, to our dismay and our destruction. You're a loser. You'll never amount to anything. We, we somehow we got that in our mind from the words that someone mm-hmm. said, and. So I see the drastic change that happens when parents decide to speak positively to their kids, when kids decide to speak positively to each other. And we, we've done some shows in the past on Rev on social media, but that's where it really gets uh, rubber hits the road. It gets rank. People's speech online is never, and sometimes it's worse than it ever could be uh, in person. But... Um, the same words can be used to heal uh, or to kill or destroy. And uh, we really are sinning when we don't use our mouth the way that God would want us to use it. And I, maybe we could all just kind of make a vow in Eagle Country, uh, those that are in the Rev crowd here, that we will honor God with our lips, that our speech, that we will be different than the rest of the world, that we will make a concentrated effort to speak and control our mouth, which is hard to do. There's this little tiny book in the New Testament called James, and some of us think this is a modern-day problem. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. James described it in chapter 3 
Uh, and he, this is what what he said. He says, when we put bith, bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Some people in Eagle Country, they like horses or they raise horses. Or take ships as an example. We just had the regatta out here in mm-hmm. Whiskey City, and I saw some some ships, kind of it's kind of ships, boats. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they're steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue, James said, is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue, he says, also is a fire, a world of evil. How about that? A world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire. Now, check out what he said here. And is itself set on fire by hell. Oh, my gosh. James must have had a bad day. Somebody must have talked bad to him. Or he got tired of the kind of language or speech that was being used in his day. I once preached a sermon on that very verse. I called. I was about the tongue. I called it the little red devil behind the pearly white gates of the teeth. I thought that was a good way to remember. But he says all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing, he says this should not be. So that's my uh, – I'm going to kind of echo James. This should not be. Uh, I know that we have to work at it, and some of us have come a long way. Uh, I had a guy years ago who said, hey, I, he came up to me after church, and he said, hey, pastor. He said, I only, pre, I only cussed, he said, ten times yesterday. And I thought, well, way to go, man. Awesome. Good job. And there was another person behind in line that said, Pastor, I can't believe you complimented that guy for cussing 10 times. I said, you don't, oh, no, you don't understand. That guy cussed like 100 times a day. This is like huge improvement for him. So I know some of us, if we could just reduce the, the language factor in our life 10% each day, I mean, that would be good. So maybe kind of think of a goal. Uh, usually the tongue comes out when we're mad. Mm-hmm. When we're angry, to use a, a, an acrostic that I use for other things. When we're hungry, when we're angry, when we're lonely, when we're tired, that's when the mouth and the tongue start to come into play. And that's your halt. Acronym. That's my halt. That's my halt. When you're hungry, yes. angry, lonely, tired, halt the Just tongue. Just stop. Halt the tongue. That's a great way to put it. Halt whatever decisions you're going to make. They're probably not going to be good. Halt whatever words you may express. They're probably not going to be good. So the Bible talks about uh, talking about and thinking about things that are noble and just and pure and lovely and those kind of things. And it talks about seasoning your speech with grace and with salt, uh, which was a purifying thing in their day. It adds flavor to your life. So take it from somebody that talks and likes to talk. (laughs) The, the, the tongue is a, it can be your greatest friend or your worst enemy. Uh, and um, in my life, I've seen it do both. So I'm learning, as I mentioned earlier, to listen more, to talk less, and to f- decide what words would help build somebody up. So it's a really cool thing. I'll try to pray when I get up in the morning. God, help me to speak 
the right words to the right person in the right way today. And remember that everybody's going through a tough time. Everybody's going through a tough time. I don't know if there's anybody that doesn't need a word of encouragement. Now, we've talked a lot today about the negative aspects of the tongue. But just let me hail the praises of the encouraging, positive influences that can be with the tongue. People can be liberated. People will be encouraged. I'm convinced that there are some people who are saved from suicide or depression or bad decisions solely because of an encouraging word. Uh, The Bible talks about how timely is an encouraging word. There's somebody you're going to meet tonight on my birthday on Eagle Country Radio when this is off that needs encouragement. It may be you or that person that lives in your home or your children. Tomorrow when you get to work, somebody's going to need an encouraging word. And you will find that the joy factor of your life goes up When you spread joy to others, and mainly that's done through the power uh, of the tongue and and the mouth. So uh, I'm here tonight to talk about on my birthday. Did I mention that before? (laughs) Gift cards for Starbucks, Starbucks. Top Golf, they can be sent to Eagle Country. That'd be great. But anyway, uh, I I will thank you with this wonderful uh, tongue and voice that I have. Uh, but I'm here to advocate, could we all just learn to speak better to each other and to those around us? And could we listen more? Could we cuss less? Uh, and my expectation is that God would guide us and, and maybe help us in that way uh, to, to be better people uh, because, of, because of what we talk about. So. Questions, Lori, does this make sense to you? I don't, I, you know, you're in a different world than me. Well, it's not really that different because we're both in the people world. And, you know, one of the things we were taught, I was taught here from very early on, and it's it's a good formula, um, is, you know, when you get into a career that you're in for a long time, you think mm. that you know everything. Um, but really you don't and the best way to help somebody especially what we do here is when we go out and we meet with businesses owners clients i talk as little as possible Hmm. other than asking Hmm. questions because i can obtain so much knowledge and information just from listening taking notes coming back i might think i have it all figured out but every single time i meet a new person a new business whether it's for work or not for work, you learn something new, and again, you don't regret what you say. Um, yeah, as much. Well, maybe something still, but you know, listening goes a long way to be able to help people to encourage them. Um, you know, I hope that people think before they type. Um, mm, that's you know, a good way to put it. Yeah, I there's times think before where I, you talk, but think before you type. Yep. And I see things all the time where I'm, you know, your, your inclination is to just, you know, respond. And sometimes it's, it could be an email and, you know, they say type it out yeah. and then delete it. Yeah. You know, don't hit that send That's button. That's probably or true. Don't, you know, um, what about how do you think um, as a society we our communication has changed with text messaging? Because I yeah. will say it's a form of communication and words that I have gotten myself in a lot of trouble via text or have misinterpreted, um, oh, especially yeah. in relationships. Oh, yeah. Um, where 
I've gotten in an argument with somebody, you know, whether I'm dating them or friend over a misinterpreted text. Why don't we just pick up the phone and take yeah. something that's 30 minutes typing and that would be two minutes in a, in a phone. So how do you think that is affecting yeah. us? I do think it's tough. Uh, I think technology helps. It liberates, but it also uh, enslaves. Uh, so uh, 160 characters, you know, <laughs> for a tweet or something, I, I think it's hard to say everything you want to say. And it's impossible to read tone uh, and touch through electronic media. So many ways that it can be misinterpreted. So we would coach our staff. If it's highly volatile situation, if it's an emotional issue, uh, if there are too many exclamation marks in your email or text, go down the hall, talk to the person. It's always better. Pick up the phone if mm-hmm. you can't go there in person. Uh, I think it's always great uh, and much better and probably more productive to do it that way. But it, I think what technology allows you to do is to respond quickly, and sometimes that's not the best thing to do when you are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Uh, and people have a platform now to, to vent about everything, and I'm not edified by that. I, I, I think uh, technology allows our voice to travel farther, but it's, it's permanent. It ain't going away. It, it's powerful. It, it, it can be provocative. I'm shocked that the things people tell uh, on social media that they would probably never tell one-on-one or in a social setting. Uh, it has the feeling of anonymity, but it's far from that. Uh, so I, I think there's something that applies here about your words being many, sin is not absent, Don't let no corrupt word come out of your mouth, but only what's good for edifying other people. Um, slander and gossip is still a part of our culture. I've been talked about by the best, <laughs> you know. Uh, in a, as, when you're a public person, uh, I have a lot of criticism, uh, and and we have a, a wonderful, healthy, uh, uh, growing ministry, uh, and still criticism is uh, unending. And so sometimes it's in e form, sometimes it's publicly, uh, and uh, I've tried to balance whether I should respond. Or whether I should just let it go and let God respond when I think I'm innocent. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm sure I'm guilty of a lot of stuff. I mean, I've criticized for a lot of stuff. If people really knew uh, me, they, they, they should criticize a lot more. I'm, I'm far from perfect. Uh, but it's, it's, it's hard when you're a leader. And I'm sure people in Eagle Country here, are, are who, they've been criticized uh, with others' tongues through social media uh, or, or in person. I've had people wait for me to talk with me after church about something, and they disagreed vehemently with me. Uh, I've had people schedule appointments and yell at me for stuff that I really don't I have anything to do with, uh, but I'm kind of the leader. Mm-hmm. Or for some, preachers are uh, a lightning rod for criticism uh, because they're the, the, they represent God. So when I stand up and say, this is what Jesus says, this is what the New Testament says, and it's not a popular message, then the person they're going to lash out at is the guy who's speaking for God. So it's really a, 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 an awe-inspiring but very humbling thing to speak for God with your mouth because you want your words 
to be his words. If it ever becomes David's words and uh, people become a disciple of David, as you and I have talked about, it, that, that's not the goal. That's not healthy. Uh, so I only have authority when I speak for God. When I speak for me, it may or may not be right. So I try to really make sure my words are succinct and scriptural and sound and positive. Mm-hmm. I want people when they visit Whitewater to leave feeling better about themselves, not worse. Although, uh, and Lori's been to several of our services, I do try to challenge people. I, I'm, I'm, I've never been afraid to say, we got to get better at this. we got to step this up. But I hope it's always done from a heart of compassion that I want something for someone, not from someone, which is what God wants. There's an interesting verse, and uh, maybe we can kind of transition to the end of our show tonight with this. Um, there's a, an Old Testament prophet named Isaiah who was like a he was like a prince of the prophets. He was really good. Predicted Jesus coming as the Messiah thousands and thousands of years before he came. But when he got called by God to do ministry for him. Uh, he was in a context where these angels were flying around a throne room, and he looked up and saw God really high and lifted up. And one of these angels uh, flew to him uh, and touched his mouth with some hot coals, uh, with some tongs that the angel had from the altar. And he said, you know, woe is me. He said, I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. That's what he said. And then the angel came and touched his mouth, and so he could be, his his lips and his speech would be ordained and powerful and anointed by God. And I often feel, Lori, uh, as a pastor, I'm an unclean man with unclean lips, and I pray that the angel of God would touch me to speak life giving words into people's lives, mm-hmm. whether it's on the radio in Eagle Country, whether it's a Sunday morning at our church, whether it's through email, whether it's through texting, whether it's through articles I write. I haven't always done that. I'm not, the, I'm not, I'm not 100% on that, but I think I'm getting better at it uh, by listening more so that my words can be exactly what a person uh, needs to hear. I am amazed humbled and happy when people come out and say after a sermon they'll say how did you know that's exactly what i needed to hear Mm -hmm. are you living in my house do you have like cameras in there this is exactly what i'm struggling with or what our family's struggling with or what i needed to hear today and it's always uh uh fulfilling to know that uh even though i have unclean lips god anoints that part of me sometimes to say and do what is right and I'm praying that will be true for everybody listening in Eagle Country. That you'll say, woe is me. I, I'm not who I need to be. God touched my lips this week. So I encourage you to do that. Uh, and you'll rev up somebody's week yourself. Well, and I challenge people to um, this week when you go let's go through uh, the drive through to get your coffee or you yeah. stop in the gas station or wherever it may be at places where the employees are so often completely disregarded as if they're yeah. not even there. I mean, you're there and that's all that matters, you know, to ask somebody how they're when they say, how are you? Don't just say fine. 
you know, come back and say, I'm, I'm well, how's your day going? Because yeah. um, I try to do that. And, uh, you know, the ladies at Ameristop or Walgreens, I mean, I feel like I know these people. And yeah. it's just because I try to take the time to ask them how their day is going. And I don't know what that does for them, but I would like to think that it is more uplifting than just kind of grumbling and okay and going yeah. on. Um, and just kind of speak words of encouragement to somebody that might not get it as often as you yeah. may. No, you don't hear many people say, man, I love hanging out with them. I, I love that grumbling, <laughs> complaining. Nobody wants to do that. So I, 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 the question I ask more often, how are you doing really? You, really? First time, how are you doing? People yeah. say, oh, okay, how are you doing really? Then you'll get a great answer. So let me pray with my mouth for you. God, may the words that I have said tonight be pleasing in your sight. And uh, for all those listening to your country, maybe I've somehow you've touched my unclean lips and maybe through the airwaves have given some life-giving words to people for their self-talk, for their talk with others, for their talk with you, uh, for their family. And I pray, God, that we would continue to speak the truth in love on this show as well as at Whitewater Crossing. Thank you again for Mark Crimer, who uh, speaks uh, to so many about the change in relationship with you. And I know his speeches change as well. So help us, God, to continue on, and whether it's our birthday, the most important day is our spiritual birthday, when, when our mouths confessed you as Lord. And I pray that for everyone uh, listening in Eagle Country. God, thanks for this time and this day. In Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us tonight on Rev. David and I pray that this show has revved up your life, your faith, and your work week. Find out more about Sunday service times, youth programs, and how to plan your visit to Whitewater Crossing at whitewatercrossing.org and click on the New Here tab. Our show is blessed by Crimer's Beer House on State Route 128 in Cleves. I'm Lori Enright. Please join us next Sunday at 7 p.m. for Rev with Pastor David Vaughn, only on your hometown radio station, Eagle Country 99.3.